Hi, my name is Kathy Nelson. I'm the founder of the Association of Personal Photo Organizers. And my favorite quote is that there have been great societies that did not use a wheel, but there have been no societies that did not tell stories. And that's by Ursula Le Guin. Welcome to another episode of Right of Your Life, where life happens and life storytelling transforms it. Our show is brought to you by lifestorytelling.com. And guess what? You don't have to be a writer to write your life stories. Lifestorytelling.com will teach you how. If you've been through hell and lived to tell about it, or your family skeletons are poking out of the closet, you'll want to check it out at lifestorytelling.com. Our guest today is Kathy Nelson, who founded the Association of Personal Photo Organizers, or APO, as an answer to the growing challenge of our digital age, an easy solution for organizing printed photos, digital photos, videos, and everything in between. Today, APO serves hundreds of members throughout the world. As a pioneer in the growing photo life management industry, Kathy has spoken at various industry conferences and has been featured in many magazines, including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. She has some really practical tips for organizing and telling stories with your photos that you're going to love. Welcome, Kathy. We're glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. You founded APO, the Association of Personal Photo Organizers. And of course, I'm a big proponent of photos telling a story about your lives. Why and how you started Yeah, that's a great question. It's an amazing story, but the key and why what you do connects so much to who we are and what we do is that I always tell people the organization is a means to an end. For me, the end goal is always to help people tell a story with their photos. But Mm -hmm. I realized in that process of helping my clients do that, if they couldn't find their photos or they didn't know where they were, they couldn't even get to that next step to me, of which was the importance of telling that story. Right. I was an early uh, user of digital technology. So when uh, digital cameras kind of came out, it's only been about eight years. I mean, it's amazing how technology is. Think about your point and shoot camera. It's in your pocket all the time with the uh, mobile phone, right? But nobody saw that coming, even as early as just eight or nine years ago. And as people I knew were getting overwhelmed, they would come to me with the baggies of memory cards saying, can you help me get these photos? Like, how do I get them from my camera to my computer? How do I email photos and things? And I was continually assisting people till a friend said, well, what do you charge per hour? I want you to come and help me do this. And I want you to manage all my photos, my printed photos that I inherited from my parents and my digital photos. And I was kind of stumped. I thought I don't had had no plan in place about what do I charge? How do I do that? And it was actually through that process of working that I realized there was an amazing opportunity out there for people that are passionate about this to create a profession. And that's really the beginning of the association, personal photo that's organizers. Cool. Have you been taking photos for a long time, even before the digital age or? Me personally, yes. So I was the high school yearbook photographer in my high school. And I always majored in communications. And I always realized that that I knew that I was telling a story. I was passionate about the idea of finding more different creative ways to show people my photos and then believe a lot in the importance of journaling along with your photos. Right. Organizing my own photos, that's one of the biggest challenges that I have had. And you are an expert. So let me ask you, how do you organize your photos? Well, sometimes I hate to be honest about the. <laughs> <laughs> nah, be honest. <laughs> it's an ongoing struggle for all of us. But there are systems yes. that I have developed. And there's two different 
issues, right? So it's printed photos, you organize one way and then digital photos is a little different. But if we start with say printed photos, what I help people do with printed photos and myself included is encourage everybody to, to get everything into one place to start. If you can designate an area in your living room or on a table or underneath a table hidden somewhere to kind of just start gathering all the photos because they're usually spread out in multiple places. Mm -hmm. And then once you find all those photos, then you want to start the process of something I call the ABCs of photo organizing. So the ABCs of photo is an acronym I came up to help me and to help my clients when they call me, they'll say, Oh, you know, I have thousands of photos. Like how in the world can you really help me? And it's like, well, there's a system. We have a system in place. And so the A stands for, these are the A photos. They're the ones that belong either an album or that you want to archive. And so those, so if you, either use a timeline or use sticky notes, you can kind of say, using a large table, these are going to, I'm going to pile my A photos here. Your B photos are the ones that mm, you can't really decide if they're an A or photo or not, but you can't imagine the concept of throwing them away. And so I call the B pile is those kind of questionable photos. They go back in a box or you need to back them up. I mean, so you kind of use that kind of concept. And then the C photos are, yes, you can throw them in the can, C-A-N, right? So yes, uh -huh. you can throw <laughs> right. uh, photos away. And that's what holds people back a lot of times is because they don't want to throw photos away. And I always do this little survey. I'll say, well, why do you think that is, right? And Stacy, I'll ask you, do you throw your photos away ever? No. <laughs> okay, and why do you think that is? What is it that holds you? I'm afraid that that's some piece of history that, that I will regret later. Right, and you're, like you're throwing away a memory, right? Yes, I can't exactly. throw a person away. Well, I encourage people to kind of get a little ruthless with this. That the scenery pictures definitely can be thrown away. Most of those, if you went to Italy and you took, you know, 25 pictures of the Colosseum, it looks probably not that much different today than it did like 30, 40 years ago. You know, save one of those or sunset photos or those kind of photos. But this is where the S becomes really important, and again ties in so much to what you believe and do and teach. Uh -huh. Is does the photo tell a story? And then that becomes right. an A photo. And you can make that evaluation by looking at that photo. You know, is that a picture of, of your grandfather making a silly face that you know that grandpa, he always made that crazy silly face. I, looking at that photo, would think, oh, you know, maybe that's a C photo. But you would recognize that belongs in the A pile because it tells mm -hmm. a story. So once you get into that process of kind of starting to collate, because the average family has 14,000 printed photos in their oh, I believe it. Yeah, I believe right? it. And they were, most of those are probably doubles, right? And mm -hmm. then they saved all the blurries. They saved, <laughs> <laughs> if you can eliminate 70% of those photos and end up with about 25 to 30% of the ones that really matter, that tell the story, then the next generation is going to be more inclined to access those photos because it's not overwhelming to them to have to look at all of those. Oh, so true. So what do you do with those B photos? Are those eliminated or you put those in a someplace where you still save them somewhere i kind of am like you that way so i you know ideally you probably should eventually be photos away but if you late <laughs> i use a photo safe box there's one that the association we actually we're not in the product business but we actually have a company and a factory actually in pennsylvania that makes for us a photo organizing box called the legacy box and it holds 2400 photos with lots of dividers which is something mm. that you just couldn't find on the market and the, there's not really great photo organizing boxes that they're cheap they you know they fall apart or they're like shoe boxes which really isn't an effective way of doing it but taking those right. then the key then is to identify what's in the photo so this is another big thing people get really hung up also on chronological organizing and if you mm -hmm. were really good and you saved your photos chronologically over the decades then you can stay with that kind of uh, approach to organizing but many people didn't do that right they kind of 
you got those photos, you threw them in a bag or a box or they're in the bin and they're all mixed up. And that's where people get really frozen in the ability to do this. And Mm -hmm. I love to tell people, remember, we take photos chronologically, but we live thematically. In other words, we live through our family stories and traditions a lot of times. And that's the purpose of the photos. So if when you're going through your photos and you're trying to decide what's an A photo, start seeing what are the themes and the most common times you took photos. So again, I'm going to turn this back on you, Stacey, and ask you if I'm thinking about that. What would you say are maybe four times that you always made sure that you had a fo- camera available and you, and you took family photos? Oh, every holiday, of course, like Thanksgiving and Christmas and then vacations. Um, I can't think of other... I, I take a lot of my girls too. Okay, yep. First day of school, I bet, right? First, oh yes, first day of school. I have lots one. of those. Uh, mm-hmm. Milestone birthdays and moments in their lives, sporting right, events, right? birthdays, and yes. um, and then probably just a lot of people pictures of maybe like they're with their friends or when they were little. Like if you had friends, right? You can, you know, it's so fun to take yes. pictures when they're little. So that's yep. it, you know what? It's not a mystery of what people take photos of. I've done this so many. I've like looked at hundreds and hundreds of family photo collections, and they are it's amazing. They all take photos of exactly what you just said. It's always mm-hmm. you know family traditions. It's going to be Halloween. Some people love Halloween. You know, there's always Halloween, True. Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah. maybe Easter, Hanukkah. You know, whatever those Fourth of July, Memorial Day, families have. Different themes about when they like to celebrate. So, what if you create a photo a box organization or an album that just says, "We're a family that love to celebrate," and mm-hmm. it, and then you do some journaling around that concept, like what is it that you love to celebrate, why, and then that becomes where you you gather all those photos. So it doesn't matter if there's a photo, you know, maybe you had a Fourth of July party every year at the beach with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that important if it's 1981 or if it's 1997. If the photos are next to each other because it's so much fun to see how look at how everybody's grown and look how everybody's exactly. changed and look who's in that picture and not in that picture and that's so freeing for people so when you have this mess of photos like I'm mentioning on this table if you can throw out that idea of thinking it has to be always organized chronologically but thematically then it's really fun to kind of go through those photos and it becomes much easier to kind of find those categories that you can put photos in oh I love that and then that tells the story too and when someone just glances at it they get a better sense of you as a family or what that theme is by just glancing at that grouping of photos. Right. Love that. Absolutely. And so these are some common ones that I love. Like, so we're a family that love to celebrate. We're a family that love to travel. That could be vacations Mm -hmm. and things. We're a family that love to compete. If you're into sports or we're a family that loves to perform, if you have kids that are in the arts or maybe it's both. This is my favorite one. We're a family that love one another and others or say. That's a great place to put all those photos of brothers and sisters hanging on each other. Hugging. Yeah. On the parent, grandparents <laughs> lap. That's kind of those miscellaneous photos you don't know. You don't want to get rid of those. Right. You're like, where do they go? But that's a great place to put those. Very and so cool. you, I love to garden. You know, I'm a family that loved gardening. So maybe you took lots of pictures of your gardens or we're a family that loves nature and so that's where a lot of those scenery shots can go. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a fun project that you can do. And you can actually do the same thing with your digital photos in terms of... You Tell me about the digital because that's mostly what I have now. Mm-hmm. And that's overwhelming for me. Yes, of course it is. Because I always say, how do you find that one photo of your daughter's first day of school amidst all the selfies? Oh, I'm out shopping at Crate and Barrel and I'm sending my sister like 20 shots of different couches. Which one do you like? Right. right? And then I don't delete those. <laughs> I just come home and they go up so in the cloud and they're on my computer and it's like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. So there are some habits that we recommend that you get into. One is deleting photos, you know, maybe once a month 
or once every other Sunday or something, mm-hmm. Google, give yourself a little note on your calendar, just delete photos from your phone. It takes two seconds to do that, but most people just don't ever do it because you're not thinking to do that. But it's really important because we are literally getting buried in digital chaos. Yes. There's a lot of fear and there's a man named Vince Cerf who created the, actually one of the founders of the internet. He has a great quote about the fear that we are losing our family traditions, our family historical photograph lives because of this digital overload that people are experiencing. He calls it digital rot actually. And then the other thing is you want to have a central, so I don't know, do you have one computer that's dedicated where all the photos go? Well, sort of. Like if I take them with my phone, they're automatically uploaded to a cloud, but then I change cloud different yeah. things. So some of them are on one cloud and some of them are on another cloud. And then even within my computer, there are different file folders within my computer based on a couple of years ago, I did this and then I, I mean, changed. Maybe you had, you know. I photo just threw everybody for a loop when they switched to photos, which has caused tremendous amount of problems for people. I mean, mm-hmm. because it doesn't, it's not the same file structure and they name them different and things. And we see this all the time. It's our members going and try and help clean this up. And they're learning too. So it's like, I always tell people, don't think that you are doing something wrong. The technology is changing so fast and nothing simple has been created. It's like the, the holy grail. I mean, just all these companies are trying to find a solution and nobody has come up with this perfect solution yet. But here right. are some tips. So there's a product called a picture keeper, which is a great little external a hard drive that finds all the JPEGs on all your devices, both Mac and PC. Okay. If, if you get something like that and you, and you can go and plug it into everything, it's going to pull all your photos at least into one place. So you have a central hub for them because nice. like you said, you have them in multiple folders and everybody does. Mm-hmm. And then you want it, you're right about the clouds, cloud switch. Maybe you got it maybe for a while you were using Dropbox and then you stopped using Dropbox and then maybe you try carousel yes. and then you try you know right that's so common so you uh-huh. want to make sure that when you plug in your phone and you that you also move the photos that matter onto this into that one external hard drive or one central hub on your computer and so if you can just get in the habit of doing that at least you know you're kind of corralling the photos that matter the most to you in that one place and then another important thing is to go in and rename your photos because right now they're coming in as 00011, right? Yes. It's a digital mm-hmm. file. And that's no fun. But the great news about computers is that if you get into a habit of just, we recommend year, date, and then who, what, where, and when. So if you do 2016 underscore dash 01, January, and then for me in January, it could be a skiing with friends. Right. And then that's, I create that file and then all my photos go there. And so if I'm looking someday for, you know, January skiing with friends, if I just type that into my computer, all those photos will immediately appear. So then you label individual photos or do you still label them in grouped uh, file folders? If I create on my computer, it'll be 2016 and then I'll just create a folder, January, February, March, all the way through the, okay, right. right. And so then when I import my photos, they'll go into the January folder. But I'll batch rename them 2016-1 and then who, who, what, where, and when. So they're in the proper folder, but also I can search right. for them either way. Does that okay. Make sense? I like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you can, by, you know, right-clicking or highlighting, you, you can batch name multiple photos at once. You don't have to do them all individually. I like that because nowadays, not only do we have different clouds, but the computer turnover, at least for me, is almost yearly. So I have this old computer and two years ago old computer, and I download all my stuff and into the new computer. Do I have it or is it a duplicate? Buy a a good digital external hard drive and put a label on it, you know, Stacy's photos. And 
And then you don't even have to put the photos on. You You can just always put them onto that external hard drive. Now safe space. And that's safe. In the cloud, the experts recommend that your photos need to be backed up in three ways, right? The cloud is one, but that's not the only one. It's an external hard drive. And then the printed photo is still the best backup uh, mm-hmm. because it's a documentation. So print a photo book or print some of those photos that and tell that story. Again, with those stories. We don't have to always tell lots of stories, but I do think the importance of telling some stories is important. Right. Do you have a favorite story that you've told with photos? You know, I was now I'm thinking about this. one thing I did, I found it the other day. I had because again, I love the story idea. I did a little album for myself of these are a few of my favorite things. And I brainstormed one day all the things that I love. And it was like my first cup of coffee in the morning. I love to mm-hmm. journal. I like to cook. I like to, um, I like nature. I like uh, playing games. And I had taken one photograph of like a Scrabble board, my cookbooks, and I created this little book. And I, when I did that probably 15 years ago, it was, I was thinking about my kids someday, if something had happened to me, like, would they know mm-hmm. who is their mom? So, and I found that I thought, wow, this is so fun. And some things that I had written that were my favorite things I no longer do. And I I thought, wow, I wonder why I stopped doing that. So it kind (laughs) of clued me off like, oh, I should reinvent, go back to that. Uh, Taking photos, photography was one. Uh Uh-huh. So right. that's, that was just kind of a personal idea for people listening. If you're kind of stumped with what to create, that can be a really fun project to do just for yourself. And you can probably do that with your kids, too, and get them to participate and get them to open up. Hey, what's your favorite thing to do? What's your favorite game? That will tell a little story with them that they will have. Right. One forward. of the things. So I was an avid scrapbooker for many, I mean, for long time. So I have uh, one album that I have. So I was very conscious about these things. When my husband was laid off from his job, when my dad, when I was a kid, my dad and my, I was in high school was laid off and it was a devastating time for our family and nobody talked about it. My dad went mm-hmm. into kind of a deep depression, sat in the basement for years. It felt like, you know, in the dark. And, and so I have very, very scary memories of that. And so for me, of course, my anxiety, right. When somebody gets laid off is not right, <laughs> a right. lot of proportion probably to the reality. But at that time, I thought, well, I didn't want my kids to wonder, how did we survive that? So it took him like two to three years to make a job. He, he transitioned to actually becoming a teacher. Uh-huh. But through that process, I journaled about it. And then it, so in our album, I have uh, journal, you know, stories about how what that was like. And then when he did get a job, we actually did a ritual where we burned the want ads. It was a really fun night. And we had wine with our friends. And, we, and I took a lot of photographs of us doing that. And that's all documented in an album. And I just think, you know, if my kids someday, if one of them loses a job or gets laid off, they're going to be able to go back and read in real time what I was feeling. Because now I could look back with it, like with a sense of humor. But it wasn't right, funny at right. the time. It was scary and took a lot of faith and things. And so those are things I love to do with photos and kind of you almost that it's okay to create the story to tell the story, right? To set it up and then use photos as a prompt, almost as a way to document your story. Is there a way to journal with your digital photos in any way? Or have you figured that out? There is a program called Historian that allows you to journal alongside the photos. It's it's a PC-based program, but more and more you can add information attached to that photo. It's called adding metadata. So it's almost like writing on the back of the folder. Oh, exactly. Right. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Don't let perfectionism hold you back from finding a way to do this because again you won't ever regret taking the time to do that exactly i guess you could also do like one word document when you put all your like january photos or even 2015 photos into a folder you can journal there or take all your journals and digital journals and put them 
in a Word document right there to be there with your photos. If you are a handwritten journal person like I am still, you could gra- take a photo with your cell phone, with your mobile phone. Oh, yeah, of your journal, that's true. Right? It's right. A JPEG and it'll go right into the Outback. And it's right there with the photos. Love that. Personally, I like handwriting as well, even if it's not mm-hmm. that neat. Because it's mm-hmm. so, I always say, if you could read a letter from your great-grandmother in her handwriting or a type word document, which one would you like? Oh, handwriting. Hands down, handwriting. I- <laughs> yeah, it really connects you with them. That's really neat. So with organizing, have you ever had a customer whose life you impacted by helping them get organized? Yes. I got a call one time from a family or a friend in town who's a therapist, and she asked me to contact one of her clients that was she had been working with for with quite some time who had lost her husband tragically to a massive heart attack. And then six months later, her only son, their only child, was tragically killed in an automobile accident. Oh, so she okay. had been journeying through grief for quite some time. But she was ready for that next step. She wanted she wanted to document something about their lives. And so I went to see her. And the first meeting, she just talked and I just listened. And she told me the stories of of her husband and her son. And I said to her, wow, it's like they both live really large lives. She painted these very personable people. And she's like, and her eyes lit up and she loved that. And I said, well, what if we create a photo book called They Lived a Large Life? And she just loved that idea. And so then we were able to open the boxes and go through the baby photos and go through the photos. And, and through that process, I was able to create for her a photo album that she could share with others because she wanted new people in her life to know about her son and husband without that. And she, and she wanted to do that. Right. And it was just a very moving process. And then we asked other family members to write letters about what it was that they loved most about her husband and her son. And she didn't think anybody was going to participate, but they all did. They sent these beautiful letters, which then I scanned and added into the album and things. And so that was a very meaningful uh, project that I did for, for a client. I would say it's an honor and privilege to journey alongside somebody's life. Photo organizing sounds so like, oh, kind of generic and boring, but really it's not. It's a living, breathing opportunity to work with people. When you're organizing their photos, you're hearing their life stories. That's what the process is really all about. And then helping them find a way to pass those stories on. Right. You know, one of that just sparked a memory in me for my parents. Um, gosh, I think it was 25th or 50th wedding anniversary, we asked people to send in their photos and a letter or a memory or something like that. And so they did. And we put those all together. So gathering photos from their old friends and family from all over the place, you get a little bit different flavor of who they were. We had photos from before they met and all kinds of things. So that was really neat too. There's nothing more meaningful than that type of a gift, right? We just completed a project. My son and I actually, he's the videographer and the editor for me. We interviewed a elderly woman at the request of her son and he prepared the interview questions. But she was the founder of the Children's Television Network programming at Yale. She's the psychologist that met with Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and Barney. It was fascinating to hear her story. It was really fun. And we videotaped her son interviewing her. And then we added the photos in. And it's we're in the process actually still of editing it. It's just going to be about 30 minutes. The son wanted that done for his children and nieces and nephews because his dad is dying of Alzheimer's. And so he's 
his memory is already gone. And I think he realized how fleeting this moment was. And that was also very powerful. So it was a mixture of both using live video recording of her voice and her stories, and then also the old photos. Great project. Yeah, that's exciting. So do you have any other examples of ways that People are impacted with using photos and stories. Yes. And there's another great study about children's self-esteem that it's called the Do You Know Scale. And that children, the more that they know about where they come from, how their family survived difficult times and stuff, the greater their self-esteem. Isn't that interesting? It's not, you know, being told they do a great job, but it's that sense of connection to family and to being a part of something. And so... Any time that you go through the process of making sure you document that you're it's you're doing something important for people. That's really cool because you're teaching them resilience through your family stories and here's how we as a family came together and overcame Correct. something. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about APO. What are the types of people who connect with APO or who join the association? New members joining all the time. In fact, I just said to Lisa, who's my operations manager, this month we've had a lot of new members from Australia, Canada, Brazil, and oh, the United wow. States, which is really exciting as we grow internationally, and the United Kingdom. So the kind of people that join the association, actually very few people come with experience doing this. We kind of call it a new profession that people didn't really think about doing or that there's a way to, to do that and make a living at it. But they usually have some similar characteristics. They usually love photos and stories and people. They mm-hmm. maybe did scrapbooking or they're graphic designers or professional photographers or librarians or genealogists, family historians. People that love kind of creative in that kind of mindset tend to find us and say, wow, I've been doing this for my family and friends. I didn't realize I could make a business at this as part of the association is the training and how to be a photo organizer, how to find clients. And then there's so many different things that people will do for clients. It's everything from making, uh, again, photo books. People will hire them Mm -hmm. to make family heirloom legacy photo books, whether digital or printed, but also video montages where they'll put together video for a wedding or for an anniversary or a graduation or even a funeral sometimes. Our members do a lot of scanning, converting home movies to DVD and digital format, we work with a lot of partners that they outsource that to. So their uh-huh. their job is really to work with the client in kind of coming up with a plan on how to manage their entire memory collection. And then based on helping the client figure out what it is that they want, helping them achieve those goals. And you teach them how to do that, right? Correct. So we have a tremendous amount of training. We have an annual conference. Our fourth conference will be coming up in Anaheim, California this year in 2016. And next year we'll be in Cleveland. So we're already planning our 2017 conference. And so oh, wow. we, uh, yeah, and we'll have hundreds of people there. We have a lot of our big exposition where a lot of these companies I'm mentioning will be there educating our members. So the companies are really excited about working with our members because these companies are trying to solve this problem, need the assistance of the Apple member who's working directly with the clients. And then our members network and resource with each other a lot. We have a private members only Facebook page and people answer each other questions all the time. So there's always somebody that knows the answer. And so you're not usually stumped because you have assistance. And so that's that sense of community that we've built. The association is a strong community of people that help each other figure out solutions to their clients' problems. Oh, that makes it even more valuable. And you have a free download for our listeners called the 
Insider's Guide to Photo Organizing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I have two. There's two. Well, there's the Insider's Guide to Photo Organizing, which actually takes you through these ABC steps, best practices. And it's a guide that will walk them through figuring out how to actually do this. So it goes into a lot more depth than I could here. Right. And then on our website, if they go there, there's also something called the Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Photo Organizer. And that's all about the profession of photo organizing. If people are interested in like thinking, wow, maybe this is something I would enjoy doing. You have Uh a great guide on that as well. Great. And we'll have links to all of that in our show notes. Well, Kathy, you have given us a ton of information on how to tell stories with photos. I think we're ready to get out and do it. Okay, Stacey. Great. Thanks so much. It's been really fun. And yes, just get started. It doesn't have to be perfect. Done is better than perfect, I always say. That's all we have for today. Last episode, Shelly Coley discussed sharing your story through music and helping teen girls write their songs. So if you know of someone involved in a teen girl's life, you might want to go back and have a listen and then share it. Next week, we'll interview... Tom Ostasek, who journals through his golf game. If you like this podcast and find it valuable, would you consider sponsoring the show? You can support it by sharing each episode on your social networks, and you can head over to our special page at patreon.com slash right of your life and become a patron. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash right of your life. Not only will you feel good knowing you're helping the show, but there are special perks for supporters. If just 15 people provided $5 per episode, it would help us reach many more people who could benefit from writing about their lives. We love our listeners and would enjoy interacting with you on social media. We're on Pinterest, Facebook, and just about anywhere you can hold a great virtual conversation. My handle is Right of Your Life. This show is put together by consulting producer Nick Jaworski at podcastmonster.com and myself, Stacy Curtis. We hope that today you have the right of your life.